0: Imagine this. One day, you open your eyes and climb out of bed. And you don't recognize a single thing. Nothing. Not the spouse beside you in all the photos. Not the children playing at your feet. Nothing is familiar. Nothing sounds true. Deep down. Let's call it a particularly vicious brand of amnesia that doctors don't see all that often. Now, now, Imagine the opposite happens. I'm Heather Matthews, and this is The Divide. I'd like to tell you a story about a friend of mine named Stephen. I haven't spoken to Stephen for 10 years, but over that time, when I thought of him, he was still in the friend column, deep down. So why, you must be asking, would I stop talking to someone I still love and trust and admire from afar? Well, sometimes that's the answer, the elusive solution. I've been an investigative journalist for 10 years, It's taken me from Moscow to Morocco to Montana, and then some. I've upset apple carts along the way. I've feared for my life. I've also had a few mysterious items sent to me over the years. It's usually legal documents or unsavory files. And yes, I have received a few death threats. I even got falsified evidence once. Thankfully, I'm no fool which is why I was particularly shaken when I discovered what arrived at my door on December 15th, 2017. I got home to my tiny Chicago apartment after a long, long day, and I found a brown envelope leaning against my door. It had postage and it didn't weigh much, so I just brought it in. I know what you're thinking. She gets a package she isn't expecting and just opens it. Yes, I did. I make a habit of encouraging sources to get me information any way they can. And as I explain, this definitely wasn't the first time. After I got inside, took off my coat, and actually sat down in my messy kitchen, I realized it had been postmarked in Colorado. That was the first thing that unnerved me about the package, but it certainly wasn't the last. So I cut it open and dumped out the contents. There was no note and no explanation. Just three cassette tapes, each carefully labeled in a handwriting I knew all too well. The labels read, meeting number one, meeting number two, and meeting number three. As I said, I had just been on my feet for 16 hours, so I should have collapsed in bed, right? Well, after looking over the cassettes and reading their labels, I knew I'd be up a while. So I opened a bottle of wine, tucked my tabby cat Gertrude in my lap, and pressed play on the tape marked meeting number one.
1: Right, this is Dr. Steven Minzel at Schriever Air Force Base in Colorado Springs, Colorado on November 20th, 2017. Yeah, you can go ahead and remove those. Okay, please state your name.
2: My name is Adrian Fermi. I have a PhD in astrophysics from Cambridge. I was a postdoctoral fellow at the National Science Foundation and up until recently... I helped head up a special research team for a division of the NSA.
1: Where? Hmm? Where were you stationed?
2: Schriever <laughs> oh. Air Force Base, Colorado Springs, Colorado.
1: So, uh, here. The facility where we're sitting. That's correct. Would it surprise you to learn that there's no record of an Adrian Fermi working here? Ever?
2: No, not at this point.
1: And after this morning, when you told me some of your background, we called Cambridge and the NSA. They also never heard of you. And trust me, the NSA's heard of everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Guess that means that whoever you're working for is pretty good.
2: I'm telling you, I worked here. What's your real name? Adrian Isaac Fermi. Named after my uncle. He was a bit of a free spirit. Story for another time.
1: Why don't you explain, in your own words, what happened this morning?
2: Uh, no, no, no. (laughs) You want another magic trick?
1: Is that what you want? Like this morning?
2: Yeah. Alright. Okay. Uh, Your wallet is black. You keep it in your front right pocket because you're convinced that sitting on a wallet can lead to chronic back pain. Inside are photos of your daughters, uh, Tessa and Charlotte, but your wife isn't in there. She isn't in there because you've been separated for three years, and uh, the girls live in Phoenix. Okay. Let's see it. Open her up. It's a neat trick. I'm here all week. Be sure to tip your bartenders. Okay... Really now, who do you work for? I told you, I used to have an office down the hall.
0: As you might have guessed, I had long since shoot away Gertrude as I listened to the recording. By this point, I was pacing back and forth with the wine bottle. Obviously, the tapes were sent by Stephen, but why? I already felt that I was hearing something that I wasn't supposed to hear. And that feeling never, ever went away. When I knew Stephen, he was a PhD student at Harvard. Now, you need to understand, Stephen wasn't exactly Indiana Jones. He's allergic to everything. He was always getting sick or getting better. He was always thin and pale, no matter how well he ate or how much sun he got. He used to say he was an indoor Stephen. You know, like cats or outdoor cats. I guess it was his way of saying the guardrails were always up and secure. So, Imagining him embroiled in some government mystery up in the Colorado Rockies? Well, it just didn't fit. But maybe that's the whole point. Okay, back to meeting number one.
1: So I guess we met before.
2: You could say that?
1: You could say that. You're fighting so hard to get in here and now you're gonna speak to me in riddles. In case you hadn't figured out by now, the only reason they let you through the gate is because I told them to. And trust me when I tell you there's a lot of other things I should be doing right now. So if all you're going to do is dance, then I'm out of here. I turn you over to the military police who definitely want me to press charges. You being on the premises alone rattled some people.
2: Look, you're right. I apologize. But what I'm trying to do is explain to you... It's not easy to do, and it's not easy to hear. Three days ago, I woke up beside McGrath Avenue outside Colorado Springs. I was freezing. I was lying face down in the dirt. I had no idea how long I'd been there. Lying dead beside me was Philip. His feathers were all filthy. I I was still wearing a, a suit, so I looked like a lunatic walking down the road. In no time, a police officer rolled up and started asking questions—questions questions I didn't have the answers to. That's about when I remembered I didn't have my ID or phone on me, just the kit we'd built, which didn't exactly help me. Hey, hey, hold up. Did you just say we? D- just let me finish, okay? So, m- minutes later, I'm in a patrol car, and they start running my name. Then, they start giving me these funny looks. That's when I began guessing i have been missing a while and the NSA and the Air Force have flagged me. But I'm wrong again. I figure the least they can do is call home. Hopefully someone's there who'll answer, but they don't. Instead, they just draw me off at a bus station. They even give me money. They tell me, we don't know who you are and we don't want to know. Head out of town and never come back. Have you ever heard of anything like that in your entire life? It was like first blood and I'm Rambo walking my ass back into town. I moved my whole life to Colorado Springs. When this got started, I had nowhere else to go. I used the money the cops gave me to get a change of clothes at like a secondhand shop. Then I walked home. Took me about four hours. It was dusk when I got there. The the sky was bright pink when I stumbled into my driveway. I was pouring sweat. I was ready to collapse. That's when I looked in the window. Sure, there was a family in there, but it wasn't my family.
0: Okay, this is when I stopped the tape. I heard myself laughing out loud, by myself in the middle of the night. It all sounded like an episode of The Outer Limits. And yet, here was Steven. My Stephen, Sounding irritable and cold and perplexed. I can imagine the expression he was giving this doctor. An unconvincing straight face, intense focus. To me, it seemed as though something terrifying was lurking on the edges of this conversation. Like a large dorsal fin taking shape on the distant horizon. I immediately got online and began searching for this Adrian Fermi. Databases, social media, I even had my Fed friend run a check for me. Nothing. No Adrian Fermi lives in Colorado Springs, nor ever has. Assuming anything this Adrian is saying is true, what organizations can make people completely disappear? The FBI, the CIA, the MI6, the GRU? These are the ridiculous places my mind was going. This is when I started racking my brain about Stephen. What was his PhD in again? Mathematics, music, music theory. How did I forget that? I felt ashamed for a moment. All those conversations about chord progressions and diatonic triads, it's pretty dry stuff, but it's also what makes music so otherworldly. Take for instance, the shepherd tone. It's a bass tone being played up or down a scale. Superimposed sine waves separated by octaves trick the ear into thinking it's hearing a note that forever rises, or falls. These types of auditory curiosities are Steven's life. What could a music professor have to do with some cryptic operation? Then, about when the clock struck midnight, I got an idea. When I lived in Boston, I had an answering machine. Yes, an actual answering machine with the tape and everything. It was a dinosaur 10 years ago, but as long as I had a landline, I couldn't part with it. I loved the whirring sound the tape made when it was rewinding after a week of gathering messages for me. Man, am I dating myself right now. Anyway, I started digging in boxes and found a few old dusty tapes. Tapes I decided not to reuse when they were full. I plugged in the old answering machine, blew out the cobwebs, and pressed play on the first tape. Here's what I found.
1: Shalom, I don't know why I just said that. Maybe I was thinking about the performance of Fiddler on the Roof we caught at the Performing Arts Center. Debbie had five daughters. Five. I hope you don't want five daughters. Can you imagine how many boyfriends I'd have to scare away? Dozens. Anyway, I'm by Tufts, and I was wondering how you feel about some Chinese tonight. I was thinking of barbecue spare ribs and fried egg rolls. i he need to gain some weight if I'm gonna look frightened.
0: Yep, it was Steven. The questions were coming faster than I could write them down at this point. Why Schriever Air Force Base? What does all this have to do with music theory? Does Steven really know this Dr. Fermi? Because he certainly seems to know Steven. I remember noticing on Facebook in the last year that Steven had relocated to Colorado. Yes, I'm one of those people who takes a peek at their ex's accounts. What on earth had Steven gotten himself into? Okay, Back to meeting number one.
1: Do me a favor, follow my finger with your eyes.
0: <laughs> I
2: didn't have a concussion. I haven't been drinking, and you're not a medical doctor.
1: Fair enough. So, you want my attention? You've got it. You know, well, a lot about me. I'll grant you that. So, what is it you want from me?
2: I want to talk about Cheyenne Mountain. What about it? You've got that recorder going, so why don't you tell our dear listeners about what's inside Cheyenne Mountain?
1: Okay. Inside Cheyenne Mountain is a military facility. Some call it the military facility. If America is stricken with nuclear war, all of our leaders will be housed in the Cheyenne Mountain complex. It's a
2: giant doomsday bomb shelter, right?
1: I'm not fond of such an overdramatic word, but yeah. It can house up to like 800 souls. For up to a month.
2: 800 souls. So you'd say it's a fairly secure military facility.
1: Sure. I'll play along, yes. It appeared very secure.
2: So you've been inside. No offense, but why would they let you on the premises? I mean, you'd need a pretty damn good reason.
1: I had a good reason.
2: Do you feel like sharing?
1: You don't have clearance. It would be a felony to talk to you about this.
2: That is a good point. However, I think I have a loophole. What if I tell you what you were doing, and all you have to do is tell me if I'm telling the truth or not? No. (laughs) Just a nod. I mean, that's all I'm after.
1: Was this your grand finale?
2: Maybe. (laughs) Though I certainly hope not.
1: All right. Okay, I'll make a deal with you. If you're right, I can't confirm it. But I can cancel my next meeting, and we can keep talking. If you're wrong, I can show you the door, and the military police start processing you. Fair?
2: Fair. You requested a tour of the complex, right? And, uh, thanks to some high-ranking friends, you got your wish. You saw everything. You rode around in the mountain for hours. But when they approached the very section you came to see, they turned you away.
1: How could you know that? No one knows that. How could you know that?
0: Okay, let's back up a second. Yes, Cheyenne Mountain Complex is indeed a real thing. Built under 2,000 feet of granite, it is the United States' last real line of defense should our worst nightmares be realized. And let me start off by saying this place is massive. In the early 60s, when the Cold War was truly taking hold, excavation began on what would become a 170,000 square foot installation. This place is so big, it's practically a small city. It has its own fire station. Inside this place, you can survive an electromagnetic pulse or a 30-megaton nuclear explosion. As awe-inspiring as all that is, for me at least, it's nothing compared to hearing Steven raise his voice. In all the time I knew him, even on the worst days, I never heard him scream or shout. He's the very picture of the laid-back sophisticate He always rolled his eyes when people lost their cool around him. Yet here he was, absolutely furious.
2: Calm down, just calm down. I can explain everything.
1: Then do it right now. Enough tricks, enough games. How do you know so much about me? What is it you want? I know what it's like to get lost in something,
2: to fall down the rabbit hole. I've been there, the thrill of the hunt, right? I know it well. I know it too well. I'm saying I want to help you. So you can help me.
1: I already told you it's all classified. I can't give you access to anything.
2: What if I told you I already know everything you've got? Every schematic, every geological survey, every post-it note. I've seen it all. We planned for every eventuality, but we didn't plan for this.
1: Okay, help me how.
2: Don't you get it? I know what you're after, Stephen. I've seen it.
1: What what the hell
2: am I doing talking to you? Because I know about building 12.
1: All right. three days ago you woke up on the side of McGrath Avenue, but that's not the real beginning of this, is it? No. Right. So start from the top.
2: Okay. To do that, we've got to talk about Burt Reed, don't we?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess we do.
0: The Divide is an alternate Thursdays production. It is directed by Scott William Baumgartner and produced by Vic Singh. Script supervision by Louis Rigolosi and Kamala Kirk. Narration by yours truly.